0: You're an all-star, get your game on, go play, hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid, and
1: all that's winners is gold, only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, ahead of round 23. Had the solo podcast last week. Had Luke on the week before. I think I had someone else on the week before that I can't remember. But the week before that was Billy. So Billy's back after a month hiatus or pretty close to it. A few weeks. Billy, how you been traveling the last few weeks, mate? I have been obviously paying a bit of attention and stuff. I think you've been going pretty well overall. It's it's been a pretty good run for you.
0: Yeah, I've been sliding a little bit, but I'm not too much, mate. Just a couple of hundred spots. I think I've managed to um, catch twenty two. I think I've managed to avoid some of the carnage and still field 17 each week, but unfortunately had to play blokes like Gutherson and, <laughs> and Nofo and yeah, sort of status quo, I think might better than our fielding 13 though. No?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy season. I'm, I'm sliding badly and I'm doing my, my normal late season thing where it's like, you got to make the decision on just going over all just for pride. And it's like, it's not like I'm going to finish top couple hundred or anything decent. Like it was just like, I oh, I really want to make sure I'm top thousand. So you make all these moves and stuff to try and do that. And, and obviously you make these moves that are risky because I think the thing is that you got to, at this point in the season, do some different stuff if you want to make a good amount of ground. Or the alternative is that you just sit there and tread water a bit and do what everyone else is doing, and then you're just not going to go anywhere. So then you're going to get disappointed anyway. So It's either get disappointed that you don't get there and you kind of just finish where you're at, or you get disappointed that you drop like 5,000 spots. I'm the latter. I dropped like 5,000 spots in one week, which was crazy. Just <laughs> yeah, absolutely I saw killing that.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Not Captain Turbo it was a bit of an anti but anti-climax too.
1: Uh, well, I, I just, like I was saying to you when we were chatting about it, it was just one of those things where, I, like I thought that he'd still go well against Para, but if Parra were ever going to bounce back to me, it was going to be that week with all the media coverage and everything else, and I just thought, oh, it's not, it's not an easy matchup for Manly if Parra play well, and maybe that means it's a 90 point you know, 100-point outing, we saw Turbo score 87 points a week before. So I just sort of thought, well, Pong has got the potential to go a 150. He's playing a bad side. They do need to win. Of course, the Eels played terrible and Manly were on fire, so Turbo killed it. And, of course, the Knights did Knights things and just played absolute shithouse in one of the worst games of football I've ever seen, where both <laughs> sides were just trying their best to lose the match and not score any points. So <laughs> it was fantastic. Mate.
0: I think yeah, I think you needed me on your podcast last week, mate, because I would have told you that uh, if if uh, Turbo can score ninety versus the Storm doing bugger all, and the Eels have a rookie right wing, he was he was destined for a billion. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, but I see you're an Eels fan, so I just wouldn't listen to you because you're, you're like Garrity. You know, I can't talk to Gar <laughs> Luke Garrity about the Knights when he's on because he's the most pessimistic Knights fan ever. So it's, you should uh, have him on,
0: you should have him on next week and ask him what he thinks about Kurt Mann and Watson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have enough time on that podcast to record that. Um, look, it's, it, it is really crazy though. The whole SuperCage landscape at this point, you talk about. Uh, you know, starting with 13 players and Billy mentions that because some of the, you know, experienced coaches and certainly some of the other podcasters that we chat to, you know, there's guys that only got 13, 14 runners last week. That's how crazy things have gotten where you've got these big swings. And this week, I actually thought that I was only going to have 14 or 15 players. I've lost the, t- the two weeks prior to this week, Billy, I lost eight players. Like I had three weeks ago, I had 23 active players that I could play. And now I was down to fourteen or fifteen this week. I just got a bit lucky that guys like Campbell Graham are, are named with and you know, you got guys like Lolo in the extended squad. I might scrape seventeen, but it's either sixteen or seventeen for me. It's just been a crazy few weeks and there's just a lot of coaches in, in huge pain.
0: Mate, I got beat in the in a head to head I think it was like a two hundred dollar buy in for a bloke that had a projection 250 points below me, only playing with 15 players, and he beat me by 200 points. Just from just from having, um, you know, blokes like uh, Burton and um, some some uh, and having to play Sarve and people like that, it just yeah frustrates you.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean, this is the other thing too, right? At this point in the season, it's also head-to-head matchups for the finals, and you're in the finals with must-win games, unless you got a second chance. And th- that's the other thing with making decisions like my one, right? Like I make these decisions about overall just on pride and then I realise at the end of the round, oh shit, I'm going to lose every head-to-head because I didn't pay attention because I'm trying to get overall. It's such a hard game to balance and like you said, you can even try really hard with your head-to-heads and still get done by some of these teams that are short because the scoring's just out of control this year.
0: Yeah, it's so much luck, isn't it? Like, um, just, uh, just use myself as, as an example. I think I'm Ranked about 500th at the moment. Um, I think I think some. I think a couple of these all-star co- cash comps that um, Marine, I think I finished uh, first and second and ended up losing a head-to-head this week. And there's there's other comps i mean, where um, you know there's blokes that are sort of ranked 20 20,000. So I didn't even make the eight. So it, there's a lot of luck involved in that too, mate. But uh, it certainly is a um, uh, a, a specialist team sport. If you're if, if you're doing that doing that route, versus as opposed to overall.
1: Yeah, and look, me and Billy aren't whinging. We are we are men among the people. We like to empathise with with everyone that's uh, that's going through these struggles. We like to show a bit of compassion. It's not just about us. We know that a lot of people out there listening are, are feeling the same thing, and it's very frustrating as coaches. But you've got to soldier on. I do need to ask you, Billy, because I did ask Luke a couple of weeks ago his opinion. With all this carnage, you know, I've already said my piece that I think that Supercoach, it's a very... It's, the game's very different now. Um, we've got the HIAs, the resting, the increase in injuries, the increase in time on the sideline from the HIAs and more suspensions than ever. It makes complete sense that there needs to be more trades to me next year. And it's not any fun. if they, If you can't trade and you're not even making that many mistakes during the year and you still can't trade just because of injuries, it's just not any fun. So to me, it's a no-brainer. You need more trades. But you're sometimes a bit more of a purist than me on these type of matters. Do you agree that next year they need to relook at how many trades that they're giving us?
0: Yeah, no. Um, I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if they actually change the rules and just make two trades every round, like, like they do the, uh, the cricket fantasy for next year. Um, because, dead set, if you come to the, end, to, the end, to the end of the year and you're not in the, third, in the top 100 or 200, you're not going to win overall anyway. Um, I think it's pretty unfair if you've actually got, you know, sort of 23 depth and all of a sudden you get nine players injured. It's just it's pot, you know, bullshit Like at, at the end of the year. Like, there's, there's people playing with 12, 13 players this week because they've got, you know, the entire Melbourne, Melbourne Storm starting team and all of a sudden, you know, the team's doing well, so they just get rested and all of a sudden they're, you're out of cash, so look. I'd like to see it increase, but not a lot. I'd like to see people still struggle with it, but only to the point where um, there's enough to get you through uh, like insane um, periods like this.
1: Yeah, and that, it is that fine line where it needs to be challenging and difficult still, but it can't just be ridiculous and too luck based. And when it comes to injuries, like it can be, it can just be really unlucky, like you said, Billy, where. You could make really good decisions, and you just you end up one of the unlucky ones that just ends up with all the injuries. And we've seen with people like Campbell Graham in my team is a good example where you know he got a HIA a month ago, and he should have been back every week, but just kept getting ruled out because he had persistent HIA issues. And now we've got these HIAs in. It could be a week out to twelve weeks out is the range that we've seen, and you just don't know. And it's really difficult when you factor all those different things in as well.
0: It'd be cool if they could do something like, um, you know, do a weighting of your team. This is just off, just, off, just off the top of my head, but if they could do like, you know, if you have greater than, you know, sort of 12.5% of your team decimated with with injuries that are longer than, you know, sort of three weeks each and all of a sudden it auto adds auto a trade, so something like that, like based on the on, on the impact of your team.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And I have thought about a few different ways around it and had chats with people. Um, around the traps about it. I mean, the thing that I think is easiest that you could actually implement is that you could have, you know, an overall amount of trades, but have a percentage of those trades that can only be used on injured players. Um, I don't think they'll be able to ever wait, you know, return dates or anything, but just purely injury trades. Like you could have, say, you know, 45 trades, for example, um, but only, uh, you know, 30 of those trades can be used as non-injury trades. Um, And that way you've got these trades at the end that can be used for injured players, but can't be used just to keep flipping fullbacks just to try and maximize points type of thing. So that is something that is realistic that they could do have separate trades for injuries versus, you know, just the regular trades.
0: Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Maybe have five injury, injury trades throughout the year that year. So you can only have, have two trades per per week, but you, you can you can auto, auto allocate um, one injury trade. So you can do like like three trades if one of them is injured.
1: Yeah, and I, look, even if they just keep it to the two a week, if they want to just to have those extra injury trades, I mean, there's a lot of ways they could do it. They could even just add one, one injury trade per week for the last five rounds or something additional. I think there's a lot of things that they could do with the injury stuff. Um, and I do think that's the way it's going, hey, because when you have things like the NRL doing 18th men, um, and acknowledging that there's more injuries and stuff, so they need to do more for actual teams in real life. It makes a bit of sense that fantasy needs to look at the outs a little bit differently um, than what they have before. So th- that, that's what I would do. I would look at trying to provide more trades, but ensure that you're not making it easy for guys that don't get the injuries because, you know, you're, you're putting those trades in there for guys that are getting smashed by injuries.
0: I think you should send that one to Sanger, mate. BMM, I'm sure he'll uh, take your... Uh... <laughs> Your call.
1: Cool. I think I think I've already mentioned it to Mister Timberlake, mate, who we, who we chat with occasionally, uh, Dave Campbell. So he's he's got a he's got a good sound piece in the singer. So I'll get him the back door there. All
0: right, well, let's move on. Let's talk about something people want to listen to.
1: Well, I don't know how many people are going to want to which, listen to the matchups, but that's what we're going to do this podcast. Um, pretty much for these final podcasts because you can't really plan too much on strategy and there's not uh, as much trading and things. It's very much going to come down to the matchups, guys. We spoke about that last week. It's all about your sit-starts, if you can choose who you sit and start. Uh, It's all about your vice-captains and captaincies and taking advantage of those more than anything else at the moment. So we're going to be doing a focus on the roundups of the previews for that week to give you as much information and and, uh, analysis as we can and try and keep the podcast a little bit shorter because of that too to try and get it to be pretty succinct on the previews for those teams playing that week. So before we get into that, Need to mention the fantastic partner of the All Stars podcast, and that is Top Sport. Top Sport are 100% Australian-owned bookmaker, often has the best odds in the market. I know I talk about this every week, but they really are great. If you're into NRL betting, any time try score markets are phenomenal. Uh, if you're not, the other markets are great. I love losing my money on baseball. It's the most inconsistent sport in the world, and I bet on it all the time still and still lose, but I love it. Uh, you get good odds on the MLB too. So, Top Sport, if you're going to gamble, make sure that you do so responsibly, but make sure you open an account with Top Sport to do it. It's going to be a great promo code for you to use, SC All Stars, so they know that you are one of our listeners and then they can take good care of you. But, Top Sport, get around them. They're a fantastic Australian owned bookmaker. Billy, team previews, round 23. The first game, Titans vs. Storm. This one, you know, offhand looks like it's going to be an absolute carve-up, but, you know, I I did see that Matty John's probably said something I've I've sort of thought, but not really had a shared opinion with anyone else that I've heard, in that the Storm have been going, great, you can't knock a team that's going to, you know, probably get the record of most wins consecutively at 20 or whatever it is they're going for, but I have thought for the last month they have been treading water, which is the words that, that Maddie Johns used. I, I don't think they've been that outstanding. Um, and certainly, uh, they've got some players out this week. Um, Hughes is going to hurt a lot. So maybe this isn't going to be the carve up that we think. Um, I know that I... Have scraped in on some bets taking the lines and lost on a bet last week because the storm didn't even make the line on the betting markets. So maybe it isn't going to be that, that big. But one of the big things for this game, I think, is with Hughes out, it's going to kill some owners, but it also saves the Nico Hines owners. And that's really something in this game that the first thing that I looked at was, wow, that's a real, um, that's a real real sliding doors moment. You know, people like me that, that got rid of Nico Hines and then they cop a Hughes injury and Nico Hines gets to survive again. Uh, that's that's really gonna help and it's a really plum matchup. So someone like Hines this week with no Hughes there, uh he looks like a, a decent enough V C option off the bat.
0: Yeah, I'll be smashing that V C hundred percent mate. Um was was what, wondering what to do with Turbo out and, and Hines sort of going back to the bench or losing kicking at half time, but um even though he's probably not likely going to be kicking I'll um I'll take that I'll take that opportunity with both hands mate. So um, but also, obviously, relief for the old owners there. So you could do either one of those.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, one thing with Hines is that he hasn't played seven before, but he has played six once this year, and it is very similar in the modern game, whether you're six or seven these days. And when he played six, it was against the Dragons, who I'm going to say are a comparable team to the Titans in the amount of points that they leak. And he scored 182 points, which is his career high, obviously, in that game that he absolutely carved in round 10. And that was playing in the halves. So, I mean, there is some doubt on him playing halfback, I guess, but playing in the halves, he scored 182. That had a lot of kicking involved, but you take the kicking out, it's still like a 150-point game. So he does have that potential.
0: Did he play the whole game in the halves? Because I mentioned that the other day when um, I was uh, putting out some uh, data around uh, Nico Hines. Uh, value next year at the Sharks and someone mentioned oh, that game he only played 10 minutes um, at six and the rest was the fullback. Do you know if that's the case? Or?
1: I don't think so. He got named at six.
0: Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's what I was going off But Someone said there was an injury or he ended up sort of switching to fullback for the rest of the game and it kind of threw me off a bit. But re- regardless of that, um, yeah, Stormer basically left left side, right side. So six, seven, doesn't really matter, mate. He's just going to take one side of the field and charge and... Will likely roam left as well anyway, so he'll pop up everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's it, look, it's a good three weeks at the moment for the for the storm uh, because they've got the Titans and then they've got Power, uh, who used to be a tough matchup and then they got the Sharks, so it is a decent time for Storm players, but like we said, bad time for Hughes owners, because he's gone. Um Hopefully, you own Nico Hines, who's a good handcuff, because you get him to come in and and play still. Uh, other guys for this one, look, I don't think that there's any other big vice-captain options, although you could go for a Cam Munster, who I thought has looked a bit better lately. I wouldn't, but you do mention Papenhausen, Billy, and and he's a really interesting one, so Obviously, some teams might still be looking at a fullback. Uh, they might have been waiting for a Pappenhausen. He is $426,000 at the moment. So even if you weren't looking at getting another fullback in, uh, it might be a week where you go, well, I can downgrade to him from, you know, someone like a Tedesco if you really, really wanted to try and do something different and use an extra few hundred thousand dollars elsewhere um, but 426000 he's obviously been playing very limited minutes This looks like the first time that he's going to play 80 minutes though. Uh, I'm sure that Bellamy's going to want to get 80 minutes into him at fullback starting before the final start. And obviously with Hines now in the halves, he, he should get 80 minutes. 80 minutes against the Titans for Pappenhausen could be massive as well. He's coming off obviously, you know, 36 three round average, 28 five round average. But as we know at the start of the year, you know, his first five round average was about 100 points plus. So could get back to that form this week.
0: Yeah, you'd um, you'd bank him on that. Um, I reckon what will happen is he plays the eighty this week, and if he plays well with confidence, which he, he likely will, then you, you would assume that Nico likely probably goes back to the bench next week and does his sort of cameos from bench again. Um, otherwise, he, he might he might even sort of rest um, Hughes again for another week, leave the team as is, and then that way um, he can make up his mind going into the last round. But I, I reckon I reckon Bellamy will sort of. Um, Want want that last round of the season at least to look like what he's going to be playing in the first round of the semis.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I will say an interesting stat. You know, the second worst score that um that Papp got in an 80 minute starting role uh, was actually against the, the Titans with 34 points. So you know, not that there's much uh, not that there's much data on that. Um, on the Titan side, there isn't too much there. I don't think a lot of people are going to have the opportunity to pick who they're going to sit start. I think a lot of teams are going to have to start players, but if you do have the opportunity to, I I think you'd agree, Billy, I wouldn't be starting uh, any of the Titans outside backs. I think it's probably too risky. Someone like Fafida, though, um, you know, what do you make of him at the moment? I mean, he's named a start again, but he keeps getting put back on the bench. He showed last week against... Um, a bit of a tougher side, what he can potentially do as far as his low scores. We thought that that might happen sometimes, but they've had a pretty good run when he's been playing. Last week, we got to see him off the bench, so against a good team, and he's come in against South when they were, I think, down 20-0 or something, and when he's come on, he's just gotten nothing going and ended up with 31 points for the game. Is it ballsy to bench him if you've got, like, 20 good runners, or is it just insane to bench someone like Fafita even against the Storm?
0: Well, I think that's a bit crazy. Um, I reckon coach actually still wakes up to himself a little bit this week and realises that, um injecting for feet off the bench for impact is great versus the bottom six teams. But when you're down 20-0 at half time versus the top four team, it's really not much point bringing him on. So, uh, you've got a 1.2 million a year player. um when, when you when you go and play against the, the, the likes of the opposition this weekend, I, I'd just be playing him right from the start line.
1: Yeah, he's he's too good to bench but far out like if he if he does the same thing again this week It could be another 31 points. His base has been terrible in the minutes that he's been playing He's only averaged 56 minutes a game for the last five rounds, uh, which is just Incredible Um, and for that he's only been doing it it, around the 30 base mark as well. So Pretty bad Uh, could be bad again this week, but probably too hard mate I, I was going to ask you a tip, but surely it's going to be, uh, surely it's going to be the storm. Um, I do need to put a smokey out there. Harry Grant's starting at nine has potential for 80 minutes. We said, you know, maybe Munster, but probably not. But certainly Nico Hines is a VC. What about a complete, um, a, a complete pod VC in Harry Grant? Potentially going to play 80 minutes this week. I actually really like that as a pod option.
0: I don't, but if you've got less 17 or less, then I would, because you're gonna, you're not gonna cop a shitty AE anyway. Less likely. I I don't think he's got. I don't think he can go big enough to be an AE and cop a sort of a 25. um, Whereas someone like Hines, if he gets to 180, then you'd take your AE.
1: Yeah, it's a good point as well. There's going to be teams that are going to be in the boat of being able to go for a, um, a smaller score to loop. Uh, Harry Grant's only got one game where he's played 60-plus minutes this year, and it was 69 minutes against the Sharks in round eight, and he scored 103 points. So if he gets 80 versus Titans, uh, that middle that they've got, I think that that Harry's a special to go 100-plus, and I think he's a premium trade in this week. If anyone's got some trade lifts, I really like that one.
0: Yeah. The only flip side to that is, if you, if you got less than 17, surely you'd be VCing Turbo because you basically get a, a free look at what he's scoring and you just, you decide whether you're just to keep him or, or offset anyway. So it's probably safer to go that route. So that probably completely negates anyone going out. Well, a, I don't you know, know.
1: Cause Turbo can kind of be your safe, your safe C, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you got less than 17 years, cause you're not going to get an A. Okay. And you, and, and, and you get another stab at someone
1: else. Mm. I, I, I really like Green as a trade-in, if anyone's got trades left at least this week. I think he's a, he's a special for a ton. Uh, top spot better of the week, mate. We've got the Storm line at minus 21.5 points, which, you know, the Titans have to win this. They really need to get the win on the board. It's, it, it could be a bit of a tougher match-up. The Storm didn't put the last few sides away as much as what you would have thought. Uh, their line last week was 24.5 points, and they didn't get anywhere near it. So, I'm really not sure to what to make on this one. I do know that Josh Adokar hasn't scored lately though So I'm just going to revert to my anytime try scorers on this one. Josh Adokar is paying $1.52 at the moment um, Now that's pretty low, but for someone who hasn't scored in the last couple of weeks uh, I reckon that's pretty spot-on against the Gold Coast Titans So I'm going to go for that one. Look the next game that we got on the list is Raiders vs. Eagles. This one was gonna be the, the rage game of Supercoach for the week, because everyone was going to have the shits watching it with no Tom Trubojevic there. But he has been named at one, which is huge. Whether, it, you know, it's fractured cheekbone, not fractured cheekbone, we don't even know at this point there's been that much information on it, but Tommy's there, he's playing a road side that's been uh, pretty average, but, geez. He... You said that you didn't even watch your game your eels last week, mate. You just didn't want to see it. The seagulls were on fire, and the eels were terrible. And I don't know how much of it was the eels being bad or the seagulls being good, but they scored a huge amount of points.
0: Yeah, I heard Mato got injured, mate. Um... <laughs> we'll see off or something or other. So yeah, that would have been it. We weren't at full strength, mate. <laughs> Won't happen again.
1: Won't happen again. <laughs> well, look, Turbo didn't get to the 200 point mark. He only got 190 odd. Uh, Ruben Garrick did get the 200 point mark. I'm gonna, I'll throw it out there now as a point of discussion. You know, you you tick off little things each year at this point that you didn't get lucky on or that went wrong or that were season defining. Season defining for me was not getting Ruben Garrick in for the buy and getting Sean Johnson in instead. That just absolutely destroyed me. Ruben Garrick scored 200 points last week. So normally we would talk about Tom Trebovich as a C or, or even a VC option, like you said. Is it crazy that we talk about Ruben Garrick first for a VC option on this one?
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know, mate. I, I'm not sure if we do it again, but I'll tell you what, he's, um, he, he can put 30, 40 points just slotting over from the
1: sideline. Can I, can I just read out his last three weeks? 199, 110, 110, and two of those were against top four teams in the Eels and Storm. Like, Jesus Christ, from Ruben Garrick.
0: Yeah, well, I, I did say that what uh, 700 came with was still unders for him, and I think someone laughed at me, but, <laughs> but that's all right. Read what you saw. Um,
1: but, but, but the thing is, too, like, you say that, but like the three weeks before that, he had the Tigers, the Dragons, and the the Raiders, three prime matchups, and against the Raiders, he did 51, then against the Dragons, 78, and then against the Tigers, 41. Like, that was a run that you thought was going to go crazy. And and he actually went shit house on that three weeks.
0: Yeah, but for a winger to score sixty and being shit house, that's still pretty pretty freaking good, mate. <laughs> I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, take, I'll, is... I'll take that for rubbish for rubbish games where he basically didn't cross the line. So yeah, look, he he's just one of those guys that has a huge a, huge, a massive propensity for um, for scoring. And I think the obviously the big difference this year is him switching from the right to the left. You you probably would have seen that heat map. Um, that someone circulated last week showing uh, where all the, all the best halves, halves into comp, get their try assists. And it was really surprising. I thought Tommy Turbo was all over the park. But if you look at him, he was like uh, Jerome LeWight. Basically, 85% of the stuff was one or two metres in from that left edge just feeding, feeding to Garrick. And the rest, the other 15% was just um, short, short balls to the right. So... Um, yeah, for for a bloke, for a bloke like Garrick to switch over to the left and, and all of a sudden go from fifteen percent, to eighty-five percent of the of um, turbo try scoring um, assists, and then adding the goal kicking on top of that where he's healthy, uh, throw, throw throw the new rules in. I think that's just, that was your basic your basic recipe for him going ballistic this year.
1: Well, it, I I actually think that it might be a bit of a pod play to go to the VC on on Ruben, but I, it's just too hard with Turbo in the same game, isn't it? So. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the the VC or C on Turbo. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be surprised if Turbo doesn't go well this week again. He just he obviously carved last week and he did it really easily. 179 points he ended up on. He didn't actually play the Raiders this year. Um, in the past he has gone well against the Raiders though. 158 points his max score. And he's obviously just on fire with his five round average of 146 and three round of 164. So don't worry about what Rubens is. You need to just get on turbo. But I guess if you wanted to be pottish, Billy, one of the things that you could do is is your suggestion when we we're talking last game, and you could just go to the VC on him to try and stop yourself from getting burnt, like what I would have liked to have done last week. Yeah. So if I saw that he scored 179, I could have just looped it so I didn't get burnt. And had my C as you know a a, a more risky pottish one if if Turbo didn't come through, knowing that the majority of Super is going to be on Turbo this week as a as a VC option or C option, I should say.
0: Yeah, yeah, you could have done that. I'm, I'm still filthy for scoring first. I um I kind kind of had a hunch that that um that Eels that Eels Edge would just be um, Garrett first try scorer, so I had a nice little multi going which Turbo crucified. Thanks, buddy.
1: Uh, well, I'm going VC in this one on turbo because I do want to be able to do a pod, see if it doesn't work yeah. out. So it works out really good that the turbo is early in the round, um, but your VC, I think, is better if you can, because for me, I'm, I'm going to be playing the same players anyway. I'm only going to have 17 at best, so I think it works out.
0: Yeah, fair enough. i would be doing that. I've, I'm I've I'm going to go VC Hines and C Turbo only because I've got 18 and um, I'm going to have to decide who to drop, so it's going to have to be a decent VC. So I'm, I might still go
1: Hines. Very fair. Look, for those Hughes owners we we're talking about before, um, he he should only be out a week, but as as we've seen with HIAS, it could be two weeks, could be the next three weeks, and then he's gone. So. Would you consider trading him out now if you had a couple of trades? Uh, and if you do, one guy that I would like to highlight is DC. We spoke about a month ago about the draw coming up. He's now gone 96, 41, 69, 172 since Origin finished. Uh, and that gives him a five-round average of 99, a three-round of 69. But he showed against that West Tigers game in round 19 that he can go massive with a 172, and he's also still got another 148 against his name against the Cows. Didn't end up playing against the Raiders, so we don't really have any any games for that this year. Um, mate, would you go a Hughes to DCE? Because that looks like a, a bit of a no-brainer if you do have a few trades up your sleeve to jump on DCE for this run of the Raiders, the Bulldogs, and the Cows that mainly have the next three.
0: Yeah, it's certainly an enticing run, isn't it? Um, kicking myself that Owen Johnson as well. <laughs> yeah, hindsight, hindsight's great. Isn't it? Yeah, the only other person you'll go over that is obviously Cleary, but I tell you what, with that with that draw, it almost offsets Cleary, I reckon.
1: I think it does because I think the fact that Cleary isn't going to be one hundred percent healthy, and they might get to that last game, and like Manly are pushing for the top four, they're two points behind the Roosters. So they kind of have to win the next three probably to make sure they're in the top four. Whereas someone like, you know, the Panthers, they're, they're probably going to be cemented in the top two by the end of the year anyway. So they could just sit Cleary in round 25. So you could get three games from DCE versus two from Cleary.
0: Yeah, that that adds that an X factor too. I think everyone's in, everyone's in the boat where... Right now, you just want a healthy body on the puck, even if it's someone that's 20, 25 points. So if you go on Cleary and there's a chance of risk, I'd I'd probably go the the DG bloke that you know is 100% going to play three players at unless he breaks a leg or something and has the soft draw.
1: Yeah, and Cleary obviously plays the this week, which is going to be a tough game. Uh, Look, one thing I will throw up there with Turbo, uh, I reckon... I think that the Eagles are going to smash Canberra this week, um, and I think that Turbo's going to get an early shower. I reckon at the 60 to 65-minute mark, he's going to be going off the field. That might be something to take into account too if you're tossing up V, C and C.
0: You're making me rethink now. <laughs>
1: Well, I love I love that because you know it means that I'm getting positive feedback from you that maybe I'm onto something. Top sport better of the week on this one, I'm all over the line. It's minus 15 and a half points for Manly. I think they can win 60 plus. You're getting a dollar 80 on that, uh, so that's what I'm going for on Top Sport. But if you believe that, you know, you think they're going to be up 20, 30 points, you know, at the 60 minute mark, then you should probably believe that Turbo is going to come off the field. I think, and then base your decision around that.
0: Put it this way, if Turbo comes off the field, he's on 130, so it won't matter.
1: Yeah, look, he's he's a special to turn up anyway, so you'll you'll get you'll get a hundred out of him I think at a minimum. So it's not going to be bad.
0: It's not likely they can in target his injury either. It's, it's head high, so if Tom get set, and he'll still come back and score.
1: And <laughs> yeah, wait for him to do a hamstring in the third minute now. Uh, we won't <laughs> talk about that. The next game, the Panthers and the the Rabbits, like we suggested with Cleary. Uh, This is a big matchup. This is this is going to be really really interesting uh, because Souths have been red-hot uh, The Panthers have been getting their players back like Cleary And I think this is a real test for the Panthers on where they're at because they haven't been playing that good of sides lately Nathan Cleary is obviously the guy that everyone is talking about at the moment With Hughes out especially it becomes really easy for people to look at, at a Nathan Cleary trade Cleary is still very expensive at $987,000. i have seen several people, Billy, even people asking me directly on Twitter and so forth, you know, do I use my last two trades on Cleary by getting enough in somewhere else and trading, you know, whoever, Sam Walker to, to Nathan Cleary. And I've I've actually said to them, no, I wouldn't do that. I think that the trades are going to be too valuable in the next couple of weeks for you to use two on Cleary if they're the last ones. And I don't think the Cleary's I, I think the Cleary will go well. Okay. He's gonna he's gonna still be a really good half back even against the the tough opposition like South. But like I said, he's he's not hundred percent healthy. He did play five less minutes on the weekend. They could end up, you know, against the Tigers in round twenty four in a prime matchup, take him off at the sixty minute mark if they're toweling them. Uh he could just sit around 25 against Power because they, they might not have to even win that game anyway. It might make no difference. And he's not going to be healthy until he gets surgery in the off season. He's never going to be healthy until he gets surgery. So I, I just don't see the value of using your final trades there. I do see the value of doing it as a pod move if you can do it with one trade. Um, I do see the value of doing it if you've got like six trades left, five trades left, then it doesn't really matter. You could probably just burn them. Uh, but other than that, it, it is a bit of a tough call, and it's not the no-brainer that you would you would think with a guy that's averaging 112 points for the season just to get him in.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. I'd, st- I'd still be looking for a couple of guys at value. Just uh, we've we said this before, um, so just just a reminder: there's only a couple of games left, so averages go right out the window. Like you remember at the beginning of the season, you could have an absolute muppet who's 100, 100, you know, 178k, whatever it is. Um, Score you know I think Charlie Staines stands could score 110 120 on his day and then do nothing for the next five rounds but there is no next five rounds so you could you could quite easily like go back two weeks go back and get you know a Sexton and um, Aitken for example two blokes that average one a seven and three quarters averaging what 70 and base almost and a half that's you know. Scoring, you know, 70, 75, 85 You don't need to spend a million bucks right now. So, um, yeah, Cleary's great, but I'm, I'm with you. I'd be, I'd be loading up in two different positions, and playing one, playing two, playing cat and mouse.
1: Yeah, and and like I said, like I specifically said to people, it's just using that second trade is the worst thing because it's just you're gonna need it. Like, I, like I said, I lost eight players in, in two weeks. Like, you're gonna need that extra trade. And I would probably point out too, strategically when you're looking ahead. Look at what you... You know, you're not going to maybe even be able to see Cleary or or VC him anyway. You know, round 23 this week, he's playing South. You're not going to do anything against against South as far as a C or VC on Cleary this week. Round 24, you probably lick your lips and say West Tigers. That could be a really huge game for Nathan Cleary, and it might be. But it's the last game of the round, for starters, so you can't VC him, just to be safe. You've got to go the big ball C on him for the last game. And the game before that, Turbo's playing the Bulldogs. And I don't think anyone in their right mind is going to see Nathan Cleary instead of Turbo when Turbo is playing the dogs. So, you know, I, I just, I don't see the value there either as far as looking ahead with the VCC. And then if he does play around 25, it's going to be against Power. And yeah, that's maybe that's an easier game, but who knows? You know, Parra and South are still two top five teams out of the next three matchups. Yeah,
0: it's not even Big Ball's pod. It's next level. It's ludicrous speed.
1: Ludicrous speed. I like the Spaceballs reference. The the elder gentlemen will, and uh, and ladies will, will remember that one, but probably half the audience won't. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the other plays in this matchup. Obviously, the South Sydney Rabbitohs have been going great guns lately. Uh, Cody Walker's been at the forefront of that. We've said that we're not going to VC or see Nathan Cleary. Do you think that Cody Walker's going well enough to give him the respect to look at a VC or C in this game. He just he just put on 121 versus Titans. Uh, now has 151 two weeks ago against the Dragons, and he's three rounder is 121 with a five rounder of 105. His numbers say Billy that he's good enough just to have the C on anyway, or even a VC. But back in round eleven against Penrith when he admittedly wasn't in as good a form. He scored a try and still only scored 52 points against Penrith. So I guess it depends on whether you think Penrith are back to that first half of the season form or whether you think they're going to struggle a little bit against more premium opposition in South Sydney.
0: Yeah, Walker's a... I I, I think South would go well here. Um, I would actually tip him to get up in this game. Um, Cody Walker, for me, is never really a VC option. I don't think he goes big enough. Um, particularly when you've got guys like Turbo who can always come after. I think he's more of a C versus your straight out C versus your bottom ranked teams. So, um, because he doesn't have the goal kicking, and, and like you said before, like he, he doesn't have a high base. So he, he, he can score two tries and set up three, and you'll he, and still only score, what, 100, 125, 130, which really isn't sort of a, a loopable score when you've got guys that score 100, 110 on average with these. So it's a lot different this year too. So to answer your question, look, I, I think I think bunnies are going to push them here. Um, I don't think walkers a VC. I think he's going to have a, a, a big game, and I'm kind of happy he does because I really want sort of AJ to sort of step up this week when a fair few seem to have had to, had to sell him. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to back the rabbits, rabbits to go to left side. I think Latrell, Cody, and sort of um, AJ kind of step up this week. And for those that own Cook, you, you'd want you'd be praying he sort of go, get some running, get some juice in his legs and goes up the middle, because he has been looking good the last couple of weeks, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, he scored 80 points last week. He's one of my shining lights in a, in a side that had no lights at all. So, it was nice to see, and he has been looking better the last few weeks. I thought he's been running better as well. Getting those tries near the line that we sort of think that he should be doing more, but just hasn't been this year enough. Uh, I'd be I'd be pretty happy to start my South Sydney guys in this because I do think that Souths are actually going to win too. i I'm with you on that one. Alex Johnson, though, if I had the choice, I would actually sit Alex Johnson this week. He's coming back from a hamstring injury, uh, always a, a high chance of recurrence and some other injuries as well. And he is a guy, as we know, Billy, that can score very low um, and he's playing against a pretty good Panthers side. So I don't know. I, I play some of these other backs, like a Dane Gay guy that's got a better base and, sto- and obviously a Latrell Mitchell, but someone like um, AJ, if I had the players to choose, I think I'd be leaving him this week out. Um,
0: if it was Storm, yeah. Um, if it was last year with different rules, yeah. I just think with the amount of decimation at the moment and particularly the depth in the teams, I'd back him just to be better than your 18th or 19th person whoever you got on your bench. Um, if you go back and had this game to the mid i'd be i'd be more in agreement with you but i think just at this time of year i think we're, the game's really opened up a bit points wise so I, I think i'm going to back to at least score one and get into those 60s
1: well it is a bit of a revenge game for south because they played round 11 and penrith did them 56 to 12 and aj aj scored 22 points with the 16 base Billy, just for your reference
0: oh uh, <laughs> They were, they were in form back then. Yeah, it's they a were. Different, different
1: Panthers side now. Let's go to the top sport bet of the week on this one. Uh, South Sydney, I said, I, I like them to win. They're actually $2.12 to win, but whenever it's sort of around that $2 mark, you're always better off just taking the safety of the line, I think. So plus two and a half line at $1.80 for Souths. All over that one, I really like it, but I'm not going near any of the try scorers on this one because I think it's it's one of those games that could be pretty tight. There might not be that many tries. So I, I really like the two and a half line.
0: I'm going to take the AJ first try scorer because, and the reason I like it is because um, yeah, Panthers you think would be the favourites, so you're going to get you're going to get greater odds for the first try scorer for um, the opposition. And the other thing is because it's not an easy opposition. If Souths are going to score first, they're going to go to their strength. It's going to be one of those wingers, given that their left side is is, is their strongest side. I think I'd, I think I'd be happy to sort of take the AJ.
1: He's at $9, which is actually really good for AJ because normally he's sort of that six, six or seven fifty mark. So nine bucks for AJ is really good. And it's because like Billy said, the Souths are actually not favorites in this one. So not too bad. Um, having a look at the next game, we've got the Tigers and the Sharkies, not, not anywhere near the quality. I have to say, like, I'm, I'm really excited in this game because I own David Nofaluma and Adam Dewey, but no, Faluma has did has absolutely done me dirty the last couple of weeks. He's scored forty one last week. I think he was only in the twenties the week before. But before that, he was going great guns and he was doing exactly what I wanted. Um, I said last week I thought that he was going to have a, a, a good game and score because he hasn't scored the last two weeks now against the Dogs and the Cowboys. I, I just I can't fathom him, fathom him having another game where he doesn't score. There's only one game, one three game. Patch where he hasn't scored a try, and that was way back from around six when they weren't playing well at all. They weren't getting points, and David Nofaluma wasn't playing well. So, very hard pressed not to see him scoring, Billy. But 42 and 29 points the last two weeks. It's a far cry from his 73, 68, and 80 since I bought him. But Adam Dewey, he, if I'm going to go the safe VC route on Turbo. Adam Dewey is going to be my C in this game. He is 99-86-97, safe as a bank, but also has an upside of 154 type of score that he's against the Broncos in round 18. I I really like it against the Sharks this week. They haven't played them this year, the Tigers, but the, the, the Sharks and Tigers both need to win, but I think the Tigers are going to really want it a bit more even though they played bad last week. But Adam Dewey, even in the shit games, like even when they stumbled last week and barely beat the Cowboys... Uh, And they did the same against the Bulldogs as well. He still scores like 90 plus points. So he really seems match up proof, even if the Tigers play shit. And if they don't play shit and they put on points, he he absolutely laps it up as a goal kicker, too.
0: Yeah, that's what I was doing this week until um, uh, Turbo was sort of named and Hines went to the seven. Um, If you don't own one of those two guys, I I would 100% be going that route. Maybe VC Turbo and C Dewey. Um, I think Dewey's just an absolute gun. And he, he, even last week when um, when, he, when he scored what he did, what, what, what he did, they were still screaming at the TV, just screaming at them, don't give it the books, don't give it the books, because he just kicks up the middle or just flicks it out the back. If you have a look at the, um, this was the other interesting thing, you know, you know how if you look at the um, at the heat map for the um, the, the, the the halves and, and where they get all their triassists that I was talking about before. With Luke Brooks, he was all 20 meters out, right in front of the posts. Like he, he he does it he he has zero triassists on the left edge or the right edge. It's all in the middle where he just puts the ball up, ball up behind the posts and prays for someone for someone to land on it. It's a joke. Well,
1: I'm I'm going to diplomatically say I'm not the biggest Luke Brooks fan. Uh, and probably leave it at that because I don't want to go into it too much.
0: I just, read so- I just read something hilarious. I was on the NRL site just then when you were um, talking just to try and have a look at a matchup. And there's an article there and a quote from um, Moses Mbai saying, I'm not a marquee player anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean
1: any more? Well he has he, he has gotten <laughs> some pats okay. on the back for um for admitting and walking away and everything and I think he is a stand up bloke for that. But yeah, the any more bit kinda of does stick out there a little bit. But mate, Adam Dewey is a marquee player. I think he should be captain of this club. I, honestly he has he has really played well this year. Seventy nine point average, but really vocal. On the documentary too, the the um the West Tigers have done on Fox Sports, that's been fantastic to watch as well. Have you watched any of that?
0: No. I haven't looked at it at all, but um, there, I, I will. I will admit, uh, last 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 year or whatever Dewey was playing for um, Souths, coming in at fullback, mate, I would, <laughs> he was the world. He was dead set the world's worst um, cheapy because he just refused to score a try,
1: oh, and yeah. then
0: all all, all of a sudden goes to another goes to goes to another team, and then just. It's like he doesn't know how to play fullback. You put put him in the sixth jersey and he just sets everyone else up. It's beautiful to watch.
1: Yeah, it is. And having the goal kicking, like I said, is is fantastic for his floor as well. Um, But how good
0: is he? He just looks so sweet. He's like Garrick. He just goes over the the black dot from the
1: sidelines. Yeah, he strikes it pretty sweet. And, like, he's he's really competitive too. So he runs the ball a lot and he's really into it and very much around the ball, which I like. Um, Luciano Lulu I thought would go better last week. He only scored 49 points and that is the problem with Luciano So, you know, he would be one of those guys that you could say, oh against the Sharks edge He might go okay, but it's just it's really hard to tell with him But I am going to point out a bit of a pod who has been going really well that if you held on to him You would have been ecstatic Ita Kamanu, Big Stefano from the Parramatta Eels that they let go Billy, but I don't want to mention that to you as a fan He has a five-round average of 67 and a three-round average of 66 as a front row forward. If you started with Big Uto and you left him there, you would be secretly elated. I don't think many people have noticed, but he's gone 82, 55 and 62 points in front row forward the last three weeks. He's actually got two tries in his last five games. So as a bit of a port option, and certainly if you're in draft and this bloke is on, on waivers, go and pick him up because he has been playing great and he's been getting good minutes too for the Tigers.
0: Oh mate, he was my starting crop over Marty to power last week. Marty got relegated.
1: I can't believe that you kept him. How did he end up staying your side?
0: Well, I just kind of figured he'd end up growing into himself and end up coming back at some point. And um plus he um he didn't exactly have enough money to sell, so I I, I had a lot, lots more expensive players go down like uh Ikibaru and Cleary, so I decided to use that cash instead of what little he had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Look, I, I think other than Dewey, there's not going to be any VC or C options, and we've already named a couple of pods there. Um, certainly, Nofa has been disappointing, but I still think if, you, if you're just looking at this week and you're in a, in, in a must win and you need to get a centre wing, like I can't see him not scoring this week against the Sharkies. On the Sharkies side of things, there's really nothing very exciting, Billy, so let's just go straight to the top sport bet of the week and move on. If you haven't guessed, oh, I'm pretty big on the Tigers this week, uh, but they're paying $2.45 to win which I do not understand at all, because the Sharks were terrible against Newcastle last week. I do not get $2.45. Well,
0: I'm not sure it could be the other way around, but I'd at least have the Tigers already
1: Yeah, look, uh, you know, they're being very generous. Uh, uh, yeah, all the markets have got the West Tigers as, as very much outsiders, um, but $2.45 is probably the best that you're going to find anywhere. I think that's phenomenal. I wouldn't even bother taking the line because the line's a dollar ninety for plus four and a half. I'm just going the Tigers straight bet two forty five.
0: Sharks aren't the worst, so maybe maybe some of the patchy form they showed last week and the fact that the Tigers do know how to capitulate is the reason why they're sort of outsiders. But um, if I had to put a hundred bucks on the game, I'd probably be taking the Tigers.
1: Next game is the Bulldogs and the Knights, and I said how bad the Sharks looked last week. Far out. The Newcastle Knights, how to try to not win a game of footy? I swear it's those jerseys or a multi. Or a, oh. <laughs> I had a couple of big multis last week riding on Newcastle. Billy knows all about it. They got home, but geez, uh, but oh, I swear it's it's almost every time they wear those uh, roadwork jer- jerseys like they're on nighttime roadwork somewhere that just don't look like Newcastle jerseys at all look terrible. They seem to play bad. So I'm just going to say they're not going to be in those jerseys this week and they're going to, they're going to play better. Uh, because I, they honestly, they looked terrible last week. I was really upset that Ponga wasn't looking for the ball more. Uh, Clifford certainly and Mitchell Pierce weren't giving him the ball, but he wasn't putting himself in great positions. I I have to think, playing the Canterbury Bulldogs this week, that they play better. And they do have a lot to play for because they need to make the the top eight and they need to win this game. Ponga only scored 36 points last week, Billy. It's a far cry from what we've seen him do in the past um, against some of the other not-as-good sides. He's put on 107 versus the Raiders this year. He's put 163 on the Sharkies. Hasn't gotten to play the Bulldogs, but that's sort of what you would have expected, and he just didn't do it. Surely this week against the Bulldogs, we see Caelan Ponga step up.
0: If he doesn't this week, you'll never buy him again, would you? Um, Apart from last week, every single time he gets the ball, he just looks dangerous. It's just step, step, step. I mean, you look at him last week when the, when the ball was a good goal, he had no way of getting out and just um, uh, stepped one way, went back the other, and got out. Like it, He's got the footwork, but he just... I was, I was watching sort of some of Gary's posts with you back as it forward and with him yesterday, too. Do you reckon it had anything to do with Newcastle? With Newcastle just not getting in the ball, or is, or did he just not get involved and look terrible? Because I, I did see the game in patches.
1: Oh, it's definitely both. Like it's definitely Newcastle game plan is bad. Uh, I think O'Brien isn't a phenomenal coach, but admittedly doesn't have the experience. And I really think that Clifford's overplaying his hand a little bit and not not getting it, just getting the ball to Ponga when he wants it. Certainly Pierce, certainly Pierce went. Uh, by himself or went other ways and switch plays and stuff. But, you know, that was coming off a little bit for Pierce, and you kind of expect that. But, yeah, it, it's a bit of both. Like you don't see, like I mentioned, that you see um, some of these other guys ride around the ball all the time and pushing for it and stuff. Turbo, when you watch Turbo play, He's always around the ball and he chases it. and He's on both sides of the field and stuff as well. Pong is not doing that as much as what I would expect him for his pay grade and, and also being a superstar. So I think it's both, to to answer the question. I think it's both. And whether both of those things get fixed this week or just half or whether the Dogs are just that bad that he does well, I'm not sure. But it does worry me a little bit that his best score against the Dogs is a 90, which puts it in the... the the bottom five worst performances for a max score that Clay Luponga has as well.
0: Can you imagine if the Panthers had a fullback that was a sweeper? Like clearly would actually get or Lua would actually be able to get the ball out of the back to those to those wingers. They'd be unbeat, unbeatable. Um, but yeah, back to back to back to Knights. Um I
1: I mean, would you would you be would you yes. put the see on him? Would yes. you just go? No, I'm going to double down. I'm, I'm going to put the C.
0: It's, it's the dogs. You take last week's game out of the equation. What game would you not see? Pong versus the dogs.
1: You See, like this is a week where you got Dewey and you got Turbo as well. Like I, I, I,
0: I've been I've been doing um, Pong over Dewey. Dewey. Pong versus the dogs. You have to you have to slap the C on him. At this stage of the season, if you bought him and you don't catch him this week and he goes 180, you go and turn around yourself and give yourself an uppercut and go, why the hell did I buy him for
1: that? Yeah, okay. Well, you're turning me around a little bit. Um, I don't think there's much else in the night side to talk about. Um, I will say, for draft purposes, Daniel Saifidi is out with a pretty serious injury, probably for the rest of the year, including the finals as well, if they make it. So, for drafters, Jacob Saifidi um, could be getting a bit more minutes, and he's actually been going reasonably solid. Five-round average of 56. Um, if that bumps up an extra six or seven minutes, he's probably going to score in the 60, so this might be something for the drafters out there. Um, but other than that, we've said it before, this Knight side doesn't have much. The Bulldog side has absolutely nothing. So Tops for better of the week. I'm going for the Knights, but they're only paying 18. Billy, can they make the minus 16.5 line? Because I would have thought that they could have made that sort of line last week against the Sharks, and they barely won by two points.
0: They can do that any time they want. It doesn't matter who the opposition is. It just, just depends which sort of dogs team turns up. The one that capitulates or the one that wants to put some put some effort in through the middle. Um I think one player that actually steps up this week uh, again is one that did pretty well last week is um what's his Barney. I think Barney's back. He um he scored what sixty something in base last week.
1: Yeah, I mean that's an interesting one that we should talk about. Um, I mean, is is he like obviously there's a plethora of secondary forwards out. Like we've got CHN gone, we've got Madison gone, uh we've got Frizzell gone from this game as well, that was a bit of a pod play for some people, among others. So is is Barnett someone that you would be comfortable just grabbing now and is going back to him? Uh
0: what's the deal with this given? Like is he injured out uh, he's gone? hundred hundred percent then yep. he hasn't got kicking um I, just, I don't get what's going on with the scores, but he was on 31 at half time, Barney. In, he had two plays in that second half were six points alone. He, he, had, he had the strip and then a tackle bus and an eight-metre run for six points. And the last run of the game in the last 10 seconds, two tackle bus and, and, and eight metres, six points. Yet yeah, they had him on 43 at the end of the game. They, they basically didn't score any tackles or any hit-ups or any offloads or anything for 40 minutes and upgraded to 67. What are they looking at?
1: I don't know. The, the scoring's been way out this year, but, I mean, he has been a lot better. The last five rounds, he's gone 62 average, and last three, he's gone 67. He hasn't scored below a 57 in the last three weeks, and the last two, he's gone 65. And he hasn't 68. been, so he hasn't been a top on of offloads either.
0: Those are all tackles and runs.
1: Yeah, and his 78-point game, he scored a try, but he only played 55 minutes as well. So he, he is one that on we've, we talk about all the time, second rowers that smash a dog's edge for the last few years. There is that many of them, whether you talk about the Angus Crichton double or uh, some of these other guys, Lay like Lua as well scored 105 against them recently on the edge. The, the edge back rowers go well. So Barney could certainly be a bit of a, a smoky buyback if you've sold him in the past.
0: Yeah, and don't be concerned about that 78 game versus, uh, uh what, what have you caught from a couple of weeks ago? Because he started in the middle, um, and was off the bench and he only played 55 minutes because, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's his name? Went off for HIL, got injured. So he started. he went for the edge for 10 minutes and scored a try and then went back to the middle. But with the, uh, with the, with the fifties injury, if he's staying eight minutes on the edge, that's where, that's, that's where his points come from.
1: Yep. Eels vs. Cowboys. Um the eels were bad last week, really bad uh cowboys aren't very good though they do have Tom Malolo at Jersey eighteen, so if he comes in it's going to probably help them a bit but billy like if if your eels can't get up this week after last week's flogging against the cowboys, they should just pack it in and give the season away. Surely, yeah. this is a week that you want to play all your eels uh they at least were playing a good side last week when they got absolutely pummeled um. Guys like Gutherson this week that you have to play. Like, I expect Gutherson to absolutely carve.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not. Cons- I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about playing this week, um, <laughs> which is good, because um, he was dead set going to get going to hit the pine. Otherwise, you'd be spewing as a matter um, when you. This is this is the week where you, you think you would possibly score sort of 85 to 105, maybe more. Yeah, look, I, I think this is the week where blokes like your Sivo might sort of come back and do something um, really excited about what Guther can do this week. It's a shame Marnie's gone because that, that really hurts a few people as well. Yeah, he was but,
1: a big um, injury for him.
0: Yeah. I think Guth is the only real sort of upside this week.
1: Yeah, he's definitely going to be the one with upside in this one. In, in my draft side, I'm probably going to captain Gutherson. Uh, I actually think that he will have a, a good week. He's, look, he's gone four weeks in a row now, sub-60. And that hasn't happened once this year, and you know he's, he's gotten five six tons this year already, so it, it's it should be coming. He doesn't have a game against the Cowboys yet. This is the first time that they're meeting, but he does have a hundred and sixty six point game against them in his career, which is his number one score by far against anyone, uh, and I believe that was last year from memory. Um, so look, he he can throw it up against the cows, I reckon, and I don't know if it will be a hundred and sixty six Billy, but. You know, if you've got him in your team, you'd certainly be happy to play him. I wouldn't be training him out for any other fullbacks, provided you've got Turbo. Um, but the, the the last two weeks are very hard, so you wouldn't be getting Gutherson in this week when he's playing the Cows, thinking that you're going to do a sneaky pod because Melbourne and Penrith are real bad ones to finish on for your Eels. Yeah. you are not happy about that. Uh, look, I I think that this one doesn't have much in it in the realm of of Cowboys either, although I will say that Valentine Holmes, we thought, was a good buy when he was back and going well. I mentioned last week on the solo pod that I really liked him. Ended up updating at 53, which, considering the game isn't that bad, it was, you know, they only scored two tries, I think. Uh, it It wasn't a great game, and he still managed 53 points, so I thought it was going to be a lot worse without looking at the score. That's not too bad. Eels and Dragons the next two weeks. Uh, Valhomes at five hundred thirty nine thousand. Decent buy this week still, I think.
0: Uh, not for me. I, I'd just do clear room. Um, I think the only sort of value here this week is if it, for Cowboys is if you're having a bet. Felt that high ball straight out of the top of Simo. I, I, there's, there's, I got no doubt they'll, they'll go to him and he'll likely get one. He, he's pretty consistent and obviously under under strength for, right wing really defence for the Eels. I, I, I just I reckon both Cowboys wingers wingers go in, but you'll sort, of, sort of get there with a really messy scrappity all over all over the shot all over the shot type attack.
1: Well. I'm going to say, like, I sound like an Eels supporter sometimes, but I'm going to back him in again this week. The line is minus ten and a half at a dollar ninety. You can bring that back to minus eight and a half and still get a dollar seventy six. I'm going to go to the minus eight and a half for the Eels for a dollar seventy six. And I tell you what, Sivo has been more than disappointing as far as the try scoring goes. He's been on a bit of a drought, but he's a dollar fifty six that you can put into that as well and get close to three bucks. So I don't mind that. I'm going for those ones, Billy. Let's talk about the next game. We got the Dragons and the Roosters. Great for Tedesco owners, I think. People that have held Teddy, um, he is an alternate option to a uh, the other popular captains this week. Uh, the trouble is that he's playing the same position as Turbo, and you can't do them both. Uh, so it would be a brave man to go a, a C or VC on Teddy if you've got Turbo there. If you don't have Turbo, he's an obvious one. But you know, could you go any Turbo? Could you say you know? Teddy's got a great run, uh, a great record against the Dragons, and you know he's going to fire this week. He's got some big scores against him in the past, uh, but he did get hurt against him at the start of the year, so we don't mean recent. Or do you just go, nah, it's it's far too risky.
0: Uh, a bit too risky for me. Um, Teddy is the type of bloke who, even if he doesn't get through the line, like he, he's constantly having hit ups and pushing the TV, so. He's got a reasonable floor. The thing that me is a bloke like Walker playing the Broncos last week can't get a single try assist. I just put, I I just don't trust him to get the ball out the back to Teddy on that right hand side, and on the left hand side, it's just horrible. But that 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 Kieran O'Land where he's who who's your left, who's your six? It just Hutchison. just kick kick kick. There's, there's, I think the only time Teddy's got the ball on that left hand side is when the, the ball they've got a tackle option they 20 metres in, they, they decide to go the the, the blind side and let Teddy goes for the insane short ball with five defenders in front of him. I just don't think they've got any sort of real structure, structure attack that can sort of help Teddy's game there, so I think he's, he's a bit risky.
1: Yeah, it's a fair call. He, he has gone really... Look, I don't think that he's played exceptional lately for the Roosters. Um, mainly because the side around him hasn't helped him much, but he's still got 99 and 92 the last couple of weeks. He broke his try scoring drought, which I mentioned was my bet of the week. From round four, he hadn't scored a try, and he scored one right on the weekend for his 99 score. So he's been getting around that 100 mark. He's only a few weeks removed from getting 146 points score in Newcastle, and that's the type of thing I could expect him to do against the Dragons. If the Roosters fire, uh, to me, the the team's looked a bit clunky, though. Uh, they've had personnel in and out, obviously. So maybe they don't fire and they're still pretty clunky. I'm going to start Walker uh, because I don't have a choice. But even if I had a choice, I'd still start Sam Walker. I really think that he's he's quite a strong start this week. Um, he scored 125 points against the Dragons in round seven, albeit with goal kicking, but got a few try assists against him in that game. I, I like him for those this game. I like the Roosters to at least be able to score some points. So they're a couple, but somebody who came back to life as a bit of a pod, Billy, was Takiaho last week. Uh, he got a nice line break and try assist. I thought he looked a hundred times better than he has, uh, played the most minutes that he has since around 17, uh, and scored an 84 pointer. And of that 56 was raw base. So he's named to start again after he's been on the bench most of the time, um, prior to the last two weeks. So I really, really like that play against the Dragons side with him starting. I think Takeo is back.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Like
1: Playing one of the better teams in the comp
0: versus one of the worst teams in the comp. Particularly one that's sort of uh, uh, significantly under strength. On a big backup too, like they're playing on, on the Sunday, so Takiyako's got a, a full-week rest behind him as well, which is what you want for your forwards.
1: I really like him to finish this season pretty strong. I, I think they're going to put the minutes into him to get him ready for the semis, so I, I quite like Takiyaho as a play the next few weeks but this week particularly against the Dragons I think he's a bit of a smoky um the Dragons side they've got Matthew Dufty back there again um Zach Lomax has looked pretty terrible I thought I don't think they've really got much there at the moment they've named Josh Maguire at nine which I really like as a Roosters fan uh <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah I'm 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 really upset that Daniel Tupo hasn't been playing well lately because I'm obviously a huge fan and he just hasn't been getting it done. Uh, He's had, in the last three weeks, I think he's had three tries called back as well. Um, And he only scored 31 points on the weekend against the Broncos where it was a game that you expected him to go really well. Um, That's his lowest score since round 15 against Penrith. I'm expecting a bounce back this game. He scored a try against the Dragons in round seven for a solid 75. Uh, I, I know that I've said it before with Toops for a few weeks and he's sort of gone solid with an 80, 65, 62 and a dud last week. But I, there's no way he's going to repeat a dud again against the Dragons. He's going in for a try this week.
0: <laughs> mate, you forgot about my boy Copley. They go right side. I told you. No left. They go right. Oh,
1: look, I, I spoke about him last week, mate. I spoke about him last week all by myself. I said Copley will probably go for a try. I, I talked him up as a draft option, actually. Um, and he'll probably be a good draft option still this week if people didn't didn't pick him up.
0: Oh, mate, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for the the touch of death with the Roosters and injuries, mate, you just you just pick that right side wing every single day of the week. And just, whether they're 300k or, or 1.3 million, they're just going to keep falling out of the line. That left side though, uh, two needs to do all the work himself. He doesn't get, he doesn't get the gimmies that right side does. It's it's almost the reverse of the old uh, chalk spine. AJ just gets everything. The right-hand side just needs to sit and do everything, but they ain't getting get
1: nothing. <laughs> well, the top sport bet of the week on this one is all about the try scores for me. Daniel dollar $1.65. James Sodesko, 2 dollars one. after scoring try last week and getting back on the horse. Really, really like those ones for top sport. Uh, next game and the last game of the round is the Broncos versus Warriors. I was going to be really mean and just say like, there's not really much to talk about. Let's move on, but it is the last game, so I can't say that. <laughs> But there isn't a lot of options in this one, Billy. You forgot
0: about my other boy, Aitken.
1: Mate, he's my boy. I, I talked him up. I told you about him a month ago, okay? But he he's still on that edge. Um, I, I, I probably I
0: probably ignored that because
1: it came from you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 no, that was good. I've, I've talked him up so much for the last five weeks. But um, the other guy that we haven't really talked up, Josh Curran. He put in a performance of the ages. He turned up by half time. I think he was on 50 points in the first 10 minutes last week or something ridiculous. I think it was even 80 points. Josh Curran last week finished on a total score of 139 points against the dogs. So we're talking about second rowers attacking that dog's edge. 139 for Josh Curran. He scored a try with two line breaks in that, but he had 57 in raw base. But you know what? The week before as well, when he was starting on an edge again, 111 points versus Sharkies. So, Curran now has a three-round average of 106 and a five-round of 82, but really, the last two weeks, he's come into his own. He's now become a buy, Billy, and people are looking at it because they're playing the Broncos' edge, which is terrible. And 570,000, normally, you'd say, no, there's no way I'm getting current. But with all the second rowers out at the moment, and people scouring for a second row to bring in... He actually looks really good with the opposition of the Broncos followed by the Raiders and Gold Coast Titans, all of which have questionable edge defence at the moment. Mate,
0: he's an absolute beast. I got laughed at three months ago when I questioned why everyone was selling him. I said, it's basically you're basically selling an it's Crichton for $450,000. you are all freaking mad. But I got laughed at.
1: <laughs> Mate, you, all, you, all no, 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 no. I, I will tell everyone why you got laughed at. You got laughed at because in round 10, he was playing on the bench and then he was out for a month. And it was <laughs> people weren't going to hold Josh Curran for a month when he was going to come back and play on the bench. So that's why you got laughed at. But he is playing well, and I've always liked him as a player. So I'll, I'll get you halfway there on that one.
0: I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, well, he went, no was. I think he was moved to the middle, but he was. He was still starting. I think everyone because he was only scoring. He only scored fifty in a couple of games when. Um, off sort of 50 minutes but he was in the middle. That's right. I remember having this discussion with Gary, but and he, wasn't, he wasn't off the bench.
1: No, he was. Round 10, he got moved to the bench, um, played 33 minutes, and then he was hurt after that. And then he came back for two games, and he was out again suspended. And then he came back in round 18 on the bench. But I'm taking
0: anyway, the, the fifth. I don't remember that. I'm never wrong, ever.
1: Billy hear only Luke, goes hear back. that, Luke, ever. Billy only goes back three weeks on any stats, guys. Just so you're aware. But Josh Curran, seriously, he does look like an actually a, a really good buy um, at the moment, and not a lot of teams have got trades to get him in. He's pretty low ownership around the pod level, although not quite there. So I, he, he is a real option because of these draws. This week against the Broncos, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes three tons in a row and goes 100 plus against the Broncos this week. And Smokey for a try. So he is one, well, along with Aitken, that looks like good ones for this week that you could look at buying. Uh For the Broncos side of things, uh, I don't think that any of those guys, aside from Payne Haas, is worth it. Uh When we're looking at the top spot bet of the week, Billy, I tell you what, if you're having a look at Josh Curran and thinking, you know, He carved up the edge last week with two line breaks and a try. He could do it again against the Broncos edge. You're in for a treat because Top Sport are going to give you odds for Josh Curran of $3.20. That is pretty decent odds considering what he's been doing and what the edge of the Broncos does. I like that as a bit of a smoky bet. um, But, Billy, Broncos $1.97 and Warriors $1.85. Who knows what way this one will go.
0: That's a bit of a hard one, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I hate after the Broncos effort last week. I'd probably lean their way just off the back. But oh, no, nah, I'm making shit up now. I don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea what's going to happen. I'm just going to watch it and hope that it's an absolute car.
1: Well, I will throw one last one in there before we sign off here. And that's Reese Walsh is obviously the Warriors fullback and the Broncos are the worst team for fullbacks as far as conceding opposition fullback points against them. So if you do own Reese Walsh, real big balls, big balls, big balls, smoky, but he, he could go well this week. Um, and he's a big watch. Um, I certainly couldn't trade for him with the other fullbacks available, but he could absolutely carve the Broncos up this week. Billy, that's another podcast, mate. We got through a good team preview in an hour. Love it. I would say good luck this week, but you've had too much luck and I've had none. So, you know, I'll say good luck to me and see you later. <laughs> Thanks,
0: mate. You're all mate. Thanks for having me. Good luck.
1: <laughs> for everyone listening still, you can download or stream or subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and also Spotify. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore all stars. Jump on Top Sport if you're going to have a gamble. Do it responsibly, but create an account with the SC All-Stars promo code. And good luck in round 23. We now have three weeks left, and you're not going to have any podcasts anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do on Tuesday nights anymore. Probably stay here in lockdown and figure out what I can do. But I'm looking forward to chatting about round 24 next week. Good luck with all your trades, guys. Good luck with your captaincies and your head-to-head finals. Can't wait to chat about footy again in a week's time.